What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. We've got another episode. What is this going to be our fifth episode of our 2024 NFL Draft position rankings? Weekly episodes. We got cornerbacks this week. It's a really, really fun group. Um, I think Brent and I both agree after watching the group, probably should have been before um, the edge rushers, maybe, just given how good the, the corner group is. Um, I kind of do it in reverse order of how we thought the classes would shake out. But again, um, right. nice to get a change of pace, though, um, since we're kind of in the trenches the last few weeks and the bo- kind of in inside the box, seven man box, if you will, the last few weeks, especially with, you know, we went tight ends, linebackers, running backs, interior defensive linemen, interior offensive linemen. So um, nice to get a change of pace, get on the edges with some better athletes, some faster athletes for sure. Um, I know a guy in this group who's going to test the 40 record. I don't know if you saw this. But we'll talk about when we get to him. Guy is going to test the 40 record, apparently. Um, clocked in the four twos during training. So I'll, I'll let you give a guess real quick who, who you think it is, and then we can. I'll reveal who I who I unless you saw it, but I'll reveal who I who this is. If you don't, if you didn't see it, because I was not that I was surprised, but like I was like, damn, that's that's fast. Didn't think he'd be that fast. Um, he's definitely fast. Didn't think he'd be that fast. So I'll let you guess who the guy is that's going to test the 40 record, clocked in the four twos during training. And then uh, if you, well, I'll, I'll reveal it when we get to the guy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, going into it, I thought a lot of these guys would be pretty quick. Um, yeah. Didn't really like one guy really didn't stand out a whole lot in terms of like straight line speed, which is what the 40 obviously tests. Yeah. Um, Some great athletes in guess, this class. Some great athletes. If I had to guess just from... Let's see. I'm gonna go we Wiggins. Wiggins. There's gonna be some guys in this class that test pushing 10 RAS scores. Like Dejean and Mitchell are right. gonna test like freaks. Apparently, dude, Quinion. So he was on Feldman's freaks list, I think, to start in the back in the summer. Him and Dejean both are. I think they're both gonna test pushing 10 RAS scores. Uh, Arnold and Wiggins are also really good athletes, so I think they're going to test well. And I think Ray Straw will test well. He has good long speed, too. I think he tests well. Um, just kind of just throwing names I know we're going to talk about today. Um, these are guys' consensus top, you know, 10 corners in the class, so I know we're going to hit them today. Um, unless for some reason you didn't get, you didn't get Ray Straw, but I, I assume you did. Um, but like I so said, there's some really good athletes in the class. Um, it makes guys like Cool McKinstry, who are still good, he's still a great athlete. But it makes him look like a subpar athlete when you compare him to the other guys in this class. It's kind of wild because Kool-Aid's a great athlete, right? And so, um, obviously. But it's, it's it's just funny seeing him next to someone like a Cooper DeGene or even his own team with Terran Arnold. Like, well, a guy who's a great athlete. So, um, two guys who I knew were going to test well. Same with Mitchell. Um, so, that said, I will start us out with uh, a couple guys outside my top five. Um I'll get this one out of the way. Kalen King uh, probably won't even be a top 10 corner for me. Um, tape was really, really bad. Went to the Senior Bowl. Okay, I won't say really bad. He had a really, really good sophomore year in 2022. Came back in 2023 with a not good year at all. Um, just didn't really perform well against elite talent. Um, really didn't rise to any occasion. Um, got beat by inferior talent at receiver and then went to the Senior Bowl and it Kind of was the same thing. He had a bad senior bowl. I think by all accounts, he had a bad senior bowl. Um, got beat a lot by guys like Luke McCaffrey, who no disrespect, but like Luke McCaffrey's, he went to Rice. Like he's not an elite talent. And I won't say that because like we've got a guy from Toledo on this list who's going to be, I think, in both of our top fives probably um, or right at, right at the cusp. So um, he's, I'm not going to say it's like just a school, but like at the senior, like Luke McCaffrey was solid. He wasn't by any means the best receiver there. But Kalen King was getting worked by him, so not great from Kalen King. Um, was not going to – probably even by my top 10 when I actually ranked 10 corners. Um, and then I got the, – the, you didn't watch Kalen, right? No. Okay. Another guy – actually, I'll, I'll let you get a guy, a guy that you watched that did not make your top five. I'll let you do that first. Yeah, I'll start with TJ Tampa from okay. Iowa State. Um, a guy that really – you know, a lot of the times – Guys in the Big 12 don't get a whole lot of love, especially DBs, um, until pretty late in the process. And that was the case with TJ as well. From St. Petersburg in Florida, uh, 6'2", 200, so pretty well filled out. Um, 
The oldest corner that I looked at at 22 and two months at the time of the draft, he is the class of 2020 out of high school. He spent all four seasons at Iowa State with improvement each year. 30 career starts this past season. He had 44 tackles, seven passes defensed, and two picks. I noticed he was pretty lengthy with loose hips, pretty good in press with good bursts and acceleration. Hand placement was overall pretty consistent and um, maintains the desired leverage um, in the scheme. Ball skills are pretty good, two picks, but like I said, seven passes defense. He had a knack for getting to the ball, and that was in part due to being a gambler. And I kind of, I always have gambler as a weakness because a lot of the times it'll beat you more than you come out on the winning end of it. Um, his tackling wasn't always consistent, and he played high at times. A lot of those things I just mentioned, both strengths and weaknesses, were pretty common amongst the whole class, or at least the eight guys that I looked at. Um, I think he's he could possibly go in the first round, which might sound a little crazy, but honestly, I just think it's going to depend on where the other corners go. If we see corners going earlier than usual, then he'll probably follow suit and go earlier than usual. I think his ceiling's probably 30 with Baltimore the way it is right now. Um, but he's probably gone by 45, 50, if I had to guess. I think early on day two, we're going to see a run on uh, on DBs, corners especially. So he was one of my honorable mentions that missed out, but I did really like checking him out. No, T- Tampa's a good player. Um, I believe he's – I don't remember where he's from. Uh, like I said, Iowa State, though, went to, went to high school or college at Iowa State, senior. Uh, like I said, 6'2", 200 pounds, and they believe he's got 32 and something inch arms. So um, he physically – Size-wise, he's going to match up really well with a lot of receivers. Um, I think he hit the nail on the head pretty well. I think, he's, I think he's, again, he's pretty well-rounded. He just doesn't jump out at you in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, he's a solid corner. He's definitely a day-two pick for me. He's probably firmly CB8 for me right now. Um, he didn't make my top five either. Probably my CB8. Um, guy I've got a CB7. I'll just go ahead and rip the next guy that was out of my top five. Um, Kamari Lasser out of Georgia. Uh, Kamari Lasseter, uh, six foot, 180 pounds, junior out of Savannah, Georgia. So Georgia, born and raised kid. Um, I think he probably goes in round two as well. Um, just quickly on him. It's got solid cover, really good coverage skills. He's a, He probably plays with the most physicality, like the most physical and physically imposing. He probably plays with the best demeanor from that aspect in the class. Um, there's some really good, really good run defenders at the top, I think which is kind of what separates the guys I have at the top a little bit um, and the kind of the guys that are down here. But he's a really good run defender. Um, he's going to lack the long speed, I think, to stick it at, at outside corner long term. Um, not that he's, like, undersized. He's just – he's not huge. Um, but I think if you – I think, listen, with the way he plays the run and as physical as he is and as, as instinctual as he plays, he's got – he has good route recognition. I think he's disciplined with his eyes. He's not super grabby. Um which is a complaint I have with a guy later on, but which is a lot of corner. Listen, a lot of college kit, college corners are grabby, um, but with with Lasseter again lacking in the long speed department, his speed's plenty good to play in the slot. I think a team could move him inside of the slot, and he'd be a very successful slot player. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna project him like a Mike Sandra still, who's probably CB nine for me. Um, I didn't like do a full tape study, I guess, on him, but I've seen plenty of his stuff watching. Um, you know, opponents watching the Michigan defense. Um, he's a slot only player. Like he's not an outside corner. He's a slot corner. Great run defender though. That's kind of how I see Lasseter a little bit. Um, but he plays stronger. If that makes sense. He plays very physical. Um, he's a rock solid 180. If that makes sense. Like he's a he's a beefed up 180. Um, it's a really good player. Again, I think if you move him to the slot, he's a home run pick. Um, I pick him at the top of round two. Not a round one player for me. And then you get to CB6 and on, and these guys are all round one players. Guy that's been a first-round pick on. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good class. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. Like you said with Sanders still, he's probably the best slot corner in the draft in terms of, like, distinct role being a slot corner. Um, and guys that have played slot corner a lot. Like, Lasseter didn't really play right. a lot of slot corner at Georgia. You're just kind of projecting him inside. Whereas, like, yeah. Mikey played there for two, three years and was really, really good. Like, two years. Um, also Bullard, one of my favorite slot corners. I know we talked about it was a safety. Um, but like he played slot for an entire year at Georgia as a sophomore 
I think profiles there really, really well. So another guy, another slot, I guess another slot corner I'll mention on the corner episode. Uh, I think he just has more versatility to kind of play all over the back end, if you will. But yeah, so like you said with Mike, same thing. Right. And going back to Lasseter, he was my corner seven. So he was next up for me. Um, from Savannah, Georgia, six foot 180, like you said. Just turned 21, so another really young guy. He'll be 21 in three months at the draft. Three seasons at Georgia. Each season he improved. Um, 37 tackles in 2023. Eight passes defensed, half a sack. Strengths were that he had quick feet and a pedal um, to kind of match whatever the receiver wanted to do. Pretty solid burst, like you said. Route recognition, play recognition, stuff like that was good with him. Um, his vision was overall pretty solid, high IQ and pretty solid tackler. I noticed sometimes he would gamble. Um, and when he would guess wrong, he would get really handsy and draw penalties. Um, his head didn't really turn quick enough on those longer developed routes, um, which could result in catches or, you know, losing his guy. That was, that was pretty rare. Um, another guy that's 30 to 45 in terms of pick range, if I had to guess right now. Um, but yeah, normally when I go through a position, once I'm done and I have my list and I'm ready to record, I look around at where all these other notable people ranked these guys. And I like this week, I think I looked at corners more so just because I think corners is more unique and it's more diverse in terms of where people have guys ranked. And right. I looked across the board. Uh, DJ had, he's from NFL Network, one of the most notable draft analysts for them. Um, he had Lasseter's corner seven, Trevor Sikama had him as eight, and yeah. Connor Rodgers had him as seven. So pretty consensus around the seven to eight range, but seven for me is about what I thought, just given the guys ahead of him. Yeah, I also say Lasseter came in at six for Dane Brugler, which is another guy at the Athletic, another really, really plugged in guy. I put Dane on, 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 the, on par with DJ as being plugged in. Um, having really good NFL sources. Um, so who's your who's your CB six? So by the way, Tampa Tampa is is CB seven for Dane as well, um, which is I think worth noting. Um, right, and then yeah, for the other guys, DJ has Tampa at I think eight. he has him at eight. I think he's not he's not in his top fifty, so I don't know. Right, right. Trevor has him as seven and connor has him at five so trevor has him at a six. little has him at six yeah a little different opinions on those are on tampa from those guys but overall um and i both really like i both like i like both of tampa and lassiter i think they'll be have really as long as their role fits them right at the next level i think they'll have productive careers within their rookie contract yeah my guy at six, my last guy missing out is Ennis Rakestraw Jr. from Dallas, um, six foot 188. Could not find how old he is, but I'm assuming he's late 21, early 22, as he's been in college four years. All four of those seasons were at Missouri. 32 career starts. He immediately started freshman year. I think he got hurt in 2022, came back last year. 2021. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And had a really strong season um that's right as a sophomore mm -hmm. i think overall he was best in 2022 um in, in terms of stats but i think in terms of the volume of talent they were facing this year ran most of the same teams but from the level of offenses was a little better this year um 35 tackles four passes defensed and a forced fumble he was pretty pretty smooth and fluid i think one one of the things that made him really good was that he was versatile and they had him not only on the outside, they would also put him in the slot. Occasionally he was good in man and zone, a pretty solid tackler being pretty physical. Um, I guess feet were pretty solid for the most part. Uh, thin being thin allows you to, you know, flip the hips, get vertical, um, normally stay with guys speed wise a little easier, but it doesn't help in the tackling department. I think he could add a little functional strength. And because of that, against some bigger receivers, he would get a little handsy, a little too handsy. Um, but he's probably, I think 24 is probably his ceiling. And he probably doesn't go past 35, 40. But 24 is probably the ceiling for him. Yeah, Rake Straw is, um, 
man, he screams he screams Raven to me. Um, yeah. at 30. I, again, I don't know how, the, how these guys fall, but like you said, out of Duncanville High School, a powerhouse in the state of Texas, six foot 188. Um, he's got really he's, he had solid tape in both 21, 2022, 2023. Um, he does a lot, a lot really long coverage. They moved him around a bunch, which was nice. Um, he's not as ball productive as you'd like him to be, but he's still a first round corner for me. He's still a really good player. Also played across from a really a really solid corner in Chris Abrams Drain. Um, had a really nice senior bowl. Just thought I'd throw his name in there um, as a, as a corner that I liked. Throughout the senior bowl process, didn't do a full tape eval on him, but I saw a, a good amount of him um, watching watching Rick Straw. Um, yeah, CB6 for me as well. Uh, really solid player and um, like I said, a guy who I think goes in the first round. Um, he's pretty consensus, like CB seven six six seven. Um, Dane's got him as, as seven. I think Connor and Trevor both have him around seven ish, uh, maybe eight. And then Daniel Jeremiah has him as CB three. So he's the highest on him. Granted, he's got two corners right after him on his on his big board. Um, but nonetheless, um, a guy who's pretty well liked around the community. Um, I got out that was really solid. And I think to me, I think mean, he can stick it outside corner, which is what put him over the line for Lasseter for me. Cause I don't know if Lasseter can stick it outside corner his whole career. I think Rake Straw probably can cause he's got, he's got good enough long speed. Um, getting into my CB five. So we've got the same five guys in the top five. I'd be shocked if they're ranked the same in, in the same order, but yeah, we'll see. My number five is Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. The word I gave Kool-Aid was boring, but in a good way, like it's a good boring. Um, six foot one, one ninety four, junior. I believe Kool Aid is born and raised in the uh, Birmingham, Alabama. This is an Alabama kid, uh, twenty one years old. Will turn twenty two on September thirtieth. Um, so a relatively young guy. He'll be um kind of about this the age of a lot of guys when they come into their NFL career, start as rookies. Um, but you know, twenty er, right, just turning twenty two or turning twenty two, kind of in their rookie year. Um, Benson Valley High School, another another really really quality program in the state of Alabama. Um, guy who's a basically a three-year starter at Alabama. Um, you don't often see that in Nick Saban's defense. Um, guy who plays for th- for three years is really impressive. Um, guy came off a he had a, a phenomenal 2022, followed it up with a really really good 2023. Um, when you watch the Alabama tape with him and Terry Arnold, Terry got thrown out a lot more, and it's clear that Kool Aid's reputation preceded him with opponent with opponent was op- with opposing teams. Um, he just what keeps him from being in the top four for me is like there's some athletic limitations. He's just not the athlete the guys ahead of him are. He's just not, and that's okay. I don't need him to be. He's a he's a really good corner. He could play inside. He could play outside. And he's got good short area quickness. He's a former punt returner. So he's got a lot. He's got good burst. He just doesn't have the long speed I think that the other guys do in game to go do that. But he's sticky in coverage. He makes some business decisions in the run game which is also kind of what keeps him from being in the top uh, ahead of the other guys in, in the top four. He, he tackles fairly well when he does decide to tackle. It just, he does make some business decisions. Um, he's going to be a high, he's a high floor player though. I take him in the top 25. He's going to be, I think he's a surefire NFL starter. He's certainly a CB two, potentially a CB one. I just don't know how high the floor is or how, how high the ceiling can be in terms of being an all pro pro bowl or X, Y, and Z. Right. So, uh, but again, he's gonna come in the league and be a starter, and I'm not I, I'm not gonna worry at all about him wherever he goes. So that's a really good thing to say about corner. Um, he's he's a really good player. He's just again, he's not the athlete the guys ahead of him are, and there's some there's some ceiling stuff with the guys ahead of him that it's like yeah, I just don't know if I can make I can put Kool Aid ahead of those guys knowing that the ceiling may not be as high. But again, he's still a really 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 good player. First round grade, first round grade like independent of like top 32 guys like he's a top 20 player for me probably that's how good the corner class is so and it may not stack up that way he just feels like a top 20 player but then you watch his tape um he's a very very quality corner um again just some athletic limitations that keep him from being um you know a a top corner in class but he's really good um like i said boring in a good way well not not a lot of teams throughout him so came into the year as a shutdown corner and really didn't get beat a lot. It's just again, there's some stuff that keeps him from having the ceiling that other guys do in this class. 
But one of the best. Listen, if if Kool and McIntyre is your CB five, brother, it's a good class. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's kind of that's. Re- I think it's not reflective of him. It's reflective of the class, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he was coming into this year with a lot of expectation, and I think mainly because of his teammate, he kind of fell short of expectations, but not because he necessarily played poorly. It's just he didn't get as many targets, and his teammate played better because he maximized being targeted. Um, But for me, Kool-Aid is four. Um, Like you said, from Birmingham, 6'1", 195. 21.7, 21.7, which is 21 years, seven months uh, at the time of the draft. Three seasons at Bama. His best season, I think, was in 2022, like we were saying. Um, 32 tackles, seven passes defensed. I noticed that overall it just seemed like he had pretty long arms, um, pretty versatile. He was good at singing his hips and had quick feet. Uh, overall, pretty twitchy with good speed. Uh, I don't think like elite speed, pretty solid tackler, but he didn't always wrap up. I think his tackling form was a little inconsistent. Um, another guy that didn't turn his head quick enough consistently and played a little bit high. His range is probably 12 with Denver is probably the ceiling all the way to 22 with Philly somewhere in there. Probably, uh, someone goes with him, but yeah, corner four for me did really like him. Um, I guess I'll get to my corner five real quick. That is Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. Um, from Williston, Florida, six foot one ninety-five. Spent all four seasons at Toledo. Um 40 career starts. And in 2023, he was second team all-American. 41 tackles, 18 passes defense, which is crazy, and one pick. Um overall, his strengths were play recognition, vision. Um, He's pretty quick with good hips, solid speed. Uh, A physical tackler, but another one that just went for the big hit and didn't wrap up fundamentally, didn't keep his feet running. And he ducked his head also occasionally in in tackling as well. So not keeping his head down. Um, Heard him a little bit. I think there were a few missed tackles in there, but overall probably projected 12 to 30. I think his ceiling's the same as Kool-Aid, but I think he could fall a little bit lower, um, possibly to the Ravens at the latest. But I think no doubt he's going to be a first-round pick and uh, one of the five guys, I think, that are going to be a first-round pick. Quinion's really, really good. Um, he's not my four. Do you, do you want me to talk about him now, or do you want me to go with my four first? You can just talk about it, stay with okay, it. That's fine. So, um, Quinion, the word I gave him was dominant. Um, he's a COVID junior, meaning he redshirted or he took the COVID year as a freshman. Um, so he played, I believe he played in games all four years at Toledo. Uh, I can double check. I've got it pulled up right here. Um, yeah, he played in all six games. So he started for, he's a four year starter, basically. Um, he could have come out last year if he'd have been at a D, like a power five D one, um, but he's at Toledo. So again, I get, you know, he doesn't, doesn't go out. Um, he had a, he had a four pick game in 2022. Nobody threw at him this year. Like, like nobody threw at him. And he, the game was dominant because he dominated at a lower level of coming. I mean, he truly dominated people all year in the run game, in the pass game, like all of it in coverage. He did it all. So um, he's at three for me. I'll say that. He's, he's at three for me. Um, he's such a dominant run defender. Not, I would say dominant, but he's such a good run defender and a clean run defender, and he's so dominant in coverage. He sticks with guys in their hip pocket at a really, really high level and an advanced level. Um, so his tape's obviously really good in college, but the question is like, hey, he's at Toledo, right? Like he's – it's a level of competition thing. So he goes to Senior Bowl. And was maybe the best player on the field. Him or Jackson Powers, John, like Quinion was maybe he was the best defender there. That wasn't up for question, up for debate. The only rep he lost all week was the last rep of practice one day. It was him versus Roman Wilson on a five-yard outbreaking out route, like a five-yard out route that he slipped on the break. Like he's he's in he's he's off coverage. 
He gives he keep playing inside leverage. He doesn't want to get beaten inside with a you know one on one. It's a one on one rep. Like the coach is like, all right, we want we want Wilson and and, and Mitchell. Like we want one on one at the end of practice. And so gives him gives him the outside again. He he slips on the break and he got beat, but he didn't get beat the rest of the week. He dominated. He locked everybody up. Um, and he's gonna test like an absolute freak of nature. Um, I don't have the tweet pulled up. In fact, I should have pulled it up earlier in prep for this, but basically it's like, yeah, he's going to go dominate every event. He's going to test really, really well. He'll be, he's going to be a top three, top three to five performer in almost every event. It sounds like, um, I don't know about 40. I have no idea. It's not him. Um, which doesn't leave many other guys. Granted, the, the three guys we haven't talked about are probably the three fastest corners in the class. So, you know, it could be any three of them, I guess, but, um, yeah, I think he's dominant, man. The fact that that was the one, and by the way, like, Roman Wilson's a guy who makes his money on on you know go balls like beating guys deep with speed and like his quickness. So um, if that's the one rep you're gonna lose all week at the Senior Bowl, pff. by the way, like he's a competitor, dude. Like he went back to school, he could have gone pro and probably been drafted pretty high in, like in the second round. He goes back to school, plays all every game this year. He didn't sit out a game. I, I, don't, I don't know if Toledo made a bowl. I don't think he played in their bowl if he did. Um, he had an injury against. Um, Western Michigan, uh, but again, whatever goes to the senior bowl and he played all, he practiced all through. I think he played in the game too. Like he went and played Jay Sparrow Johnson. And again, to his credit, like he bowed out. I would too, after he dominated for two days, Quinion showed up all three days of practice and dominated people. So that's a plus for me. He's a competitor. Um, the guy's going to win. And he, he could be the best corner of the, of the group when it's all said and done in 10 years. Wouldn't shock me at all. Um, yeah, I think he's a really good player. He's going to be a top 20 guy for me as well. Um, he's a stud and um, wouldn't shock me if he was the second corner off the board, to be honest. Would not shock me at all. The NFL values ball production and they value the athletic traits and, and they don't, I don't think they care as much about where you're from, especially when you dominate the way he did at an event like the Senior Bowl, which is a well-respected event. It's not like, it's not like it's a, oh, it's a, it's an all-star game for seniors. Like, no, no, this is a well-respected event across the league. You go there and dominate, that means a lot to scouts and evaluators. So the fact that he went and did that is really impressive to me. And I think impressive to a lot of people. So wouldn't shine me if he's corner two off. Not that he's my corner two, but like wouldn't shine me if he's corner two off the board, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I really think the top five you can really have in any order. And four I mean, to one it's four to one for so. me. You could make an argument for any of those guys to be corner one, and I wouldn't push back that hard on you. Like it was really hard for me to rank one and two was incredibly difficult. Three and four were also very hard and you could have made an effort an, an argument that the guy at four should be the guy at one and you could flip the whole thing. I, any order. And I'd be, I, I would say, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. So right. it's hard. It's a good class. Like I said, keep, I keep saying it. it's, a, it's a damn good group, dude. It's a damn good group. Well, how about you getting your four then since I got okay. Quinion first? Yeah, um, my four is Clemson's Nate Wiggins. What I gave you, Nate, was sticky because um, he's probably the stickiest coverage player in the group. Quinion's up there with him, but I think Nate has – Nate's got I – mean, he's he's wiry, dude. He's got these long arms. He's not quite as wiry as, like, Emmanuel Forbes was, and I was not an Emmanuel Forbes fan. But Wiggins, I mean, he's, he's glued on the guys routinely. Um He's super fluid. If you if you were talking purely just say like go cover go cover that receiver, Nate's probably the the best in the class at that. But I say that and you go like how's he at four? Because I think the I'm not gonna say it's a liability. The run defense is not nearly to the level that the three guys ahead of him are at, and that's a big difference. You've got you have to be able to defend the run on an every down, but you can't be a liability. And at 185, not saying he is, but he could be at the NFL level. NFL receivers block. People are a lot of NFL receivers, they block, dude. Um, especially the good ones. And so he it's it was it was hard for me not to put him at three because he's so good in coverage. But he's ball productive. Everything you want in a corner to go cover people, he's he's so good at. He's gonna run on the four twos. This is the guy. It's evident on tape, like he's chasing people down routinely. Um, I've he had multiple. I know there's at least two that I've seen chase down. Like 
he's hawking dudes down like DK Metcalf and like punching the ball out at the one. Like as they're about to go in to score, he's punching the ball out at the one and forcing a fumble. Um, I believe against Miami, I think, I think Miami recovered it in the end zone. But like Omar and Hampton, like that ball was out and Clemson recovered it for a, like a touchback. I mean, that was, I mean, that's impressive stuff. So um, he'll be the fastest runner in Indy of the group. He might even be the fastest in the entire class, and it. W- I mean, he probably will be. I, I bet on it. Um, he hustles his ass off. Like I said, he's he's always he's always looking to chase guys down downfield. I've seen like effort being a complaint of his. I don't think effort's a complaint at all for me. It's more just the fact that like again, he makes a, a few business decisions. It, some, not 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 many, but he also like he's just lacking in the size and strength department, and he gets he just gets kind of gets pushed around a little bit sometimes. So. Um, that said, he, he, he's in coverage. He's finding his physical receivers, just kind of in the run game and run defense in the screen game, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I will probably have Quinion and Nate back to back on my big board. Um, frankly, all four of these guys will probably be within five or six spots. Like that, that, that'll be the range for these four players. Um, that's how tight and razor thin this is for me. Um, yeah, man, Nate's, Nate's really, really good. Like I said, one of the best, one of, if not the best coverage player in the class. Um, there's just, there's some run game limitations that worry me a little bit with him. And um, that's really it. So. Yeah, I like it. Um, for me, Nate is at two. Okay. Um, valid. Like I said, Atlanta. that's valid. That's valid. Right. Yeah, I mean, I really, really liked him. Uh, 6'2", 185. The youngest in the class doesn't turn 21 until... I believe August, um, just three years at Clemson really only played in two. We had like two tackles freshman year, um, 18 career starts, first team, all ACC, the last two seasons, 28 tackles, six passes, defensed one sack, two forced fumbles and two picks. I mean, his strengths were just overall length, long arms, helped him impress, made plays on the ball. Um, patient lateral quickness was pretty good. Uh, hips were pretty fluid, really like only a couple of times. It's really noticeable that the hips kind of took him out for a second and he wasn't targeted on those plays, but, um, overall sinking turning was pretty good vision and awareness. He was good in zone as well for the most part. Um, I think having him impress a lot was beneficial. Um, but I wish it made him more physical, played a little high at times too, uh, which is not helpful in press um, could lead to not as crisp breaks on the route or the ball. Um, a little bit of a gambler as well and didn't always maintain leverage. One of the main things for me, I think his ceiling is somewhere to a few other guys is eight with Atlanta, which is where as of right now, I think the first defensive player is going to go. And then 22 with the Eagles is probably his floor. I think the Eagles are going to love him if he's there and take him. But number two for me, did really, really enjoy watching him. Um, and, yeah. Nate could also be the first corner off the board given the athletic the athleticism he's going to test with and the ball production. Again, I don't know if the NFL is going to – like I said, I don't, I don't know if they're going to devalue the run defense or not, but he, again – could be the first corner off the board. Um, all right. You want two first? Or do you want to give me your three? You want me to give you my two? What well, is my turn, essentially? Go ahead. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess I'll have to go and give my three, which will ultimately reveal my order. Um, my three is Cooper DeGene from Iowa. Um this was really tough. One, two, and three were really tough throughout. Um, went back and forth a couple times, honestly, flipping them all. I had all three of them at one at some point. Um, he's from Old Bowl, Iowa, 6'1", 207. Really, you know, a really different build from the rest of this class, I think, regardless of what the height and weight say. And obviously those will be shored up at the combine in a few weeks at the end of the month. But it was a different build than a lot of other corners and it also helps. Uh, I know he's suffered an injury pretty, pretty well uh, documented that he had a seasoning injury this past season, but 
he's really, really young. Uh, I think the second youngest guy in the class behind Wiggins. He just turned 21, I believe. Be just 21 in three months at the draft. He was incredible in 2022. And even this season before injury, he was set to pass all of his 2022 stats. Uh, before the injury, unfortunately, injuries are a part of the game and did not help uh, to see him go down as if he didn't. I mean, honestly, he might be corner one just to see those numbers that he was going to put up more than he, um, he missed the Ohio State game. Right. Like that's that's the big one. He missed. Ohio State he missed game. matchups yeah. against notable guys for the most yeah. part. Um, in high school, he was played a load of sports. He did long jump. Uh, track as well, basketball, baseball, obviously football. Um, so pretty busy, pretty well-rounded athlete, which a lot of scouts like um, to see that they were, you know, grew up playing a ton of sports. Um, overall, just pretty big frame, solid burst for how big and filled out he was. Um, quick feet, short area quickness was solid as well. Um, you know, a lot of the guys obviously try to make moves at the line, and for the most part, he was able to stay right with them. Overall, solid athleticism. I thought he was a great athlete um, and pretty good tackling. Weaknesses in terms of from this season mainly were balance. I think a little inconsistent balance when he flipped his hips, and sinking his hips was also not as good as some other guys. Just playing a hair tighter as he isn't quite as fluid, just a little bit bigger of a frame like I said but I he's really really solid I think even one year in the league could make him look like a different player from a like overall polished standpoint um but like I said he's probably the most well-rounded uh and another guy that probably goes at eight at the highest yeah so um I've only got two guys left uh DeGene is number one for me um but full disclosure right now I've got um, my big board has DeGene at 11 and Taron Arnold at 12. Um, so they're literally back to back for me. Um, I also lied. They were not going to play Ohio State. He would have played Michigan in the Big Ten title game, which I would have liked to see him play them. Um, just given that they have an NFL receiver or two on that team. Um, he had good tape against Ohio State last year. I'll say that. Um, but again, um, missed the end of the year with an injury. Uh I'll give you my real quick. I'll give you my, my little rundown on these. Like I said, 6'1, 203 junior. Um, we're going to get Cooper was explosive. Um, he was Iowa's MVP. I think without question this year, I, you can go watch them and in every single game, it feels like he's scoring a touchdown, whether that be a uh, pick six or a punt return or had him on offense too. Like he does everything well in coverage. Um, he doesn't really struggle. To, I, I, there are some people who have said he struggles to break on the ball. I don't really think he does. He doesn't. Like, he doesn't have this slow trigger to me. I think he triggers really, really well. Actually, um, he's a really high floor player. He's got a. He, I think he has a really high ceiling as well. This is rare breed. He's a white corner, and we're talking about him as a top two, the top three corner in the class. Like this isn't. It's wild. Um, it's a freak athlete. He's gonna test. I think close to t- ten RIS score. Um, out of ten by the ten out of ten by the way. Um, I think he's fluid in coverage. He's not as fluid as Terion as Terion is, and he does not have the ceiling. Terion Arnold does. I'll tell you that. I mean, no one has the ceiling that guy has, given his age and all that stuff. But um, I'll we'll get into him in a second. But like you said, Cooper does a lot of things really, really well. He's the best run defender in the class. He's the best in the screen, the best run defender. That I think I I will stand firmly on. Um, he's the best. He's also a threat to take one to the crib. Every time he touches the football, part return, jet sweep on offense. If, if if an NFL team would even dare do that, which they wouldn't, um, and and when he gets a pick, I mean he's he's taking balls to the house. I mean every single. I mean it feels like every time he gets a pick, he's taking one or he's or he's pushing it right. Like he's he's making an effort um, and he's and he's trying to rip one off and he and he's close. I'll also say, I just want to be clear. There's this notion that he's a slot, he's a he's a safety, he's a slot corner. Wrong. He played 630 outside snaps this year. Of his 872 total snaps that he played this year, 630 of them, 630 was a was an outside corner. He played 23 reps in the slot. 
and 23 reps in the box with one rep at deep safety. Not to mention, of those 872, he had 70 punt return snaps. He had 60 punt, 59 punt coverage snaps, 31 field goal actual point block, and he had four offensive snaps. He's an outside corner to a T. There's no, there's no, there's no more debate on if he is or not. I think that's lame. He's not. He is a just because he's white doesn't mean he's a safety. This guy's a, this guy is an outside corner who actually, I think he, him and Terion play a fair, a very similar brand of football. I think Terion lets guys. I think he's got better recovery speed, and I think he recovers a little better. But they play a very similar brand of corner. Like, DeGene's a little more explosive with the ball in his hands because I don't think anyone's like he is with the ball in his hands. But, like, they play – like, they look very similar to me other than the fact that, like, you know, one's white and one's black. And they don't they, – they wear different colors and they wear different – like, they wear the same number. The way they play and the way they, they – their footwork and the hand usage and the way they play trail technique, which is very, very good, by the way. They were they, they play a similar brand of ball because I watched them back to back today for this reason because I, I wanted to get them back to back because I knew they're going to be my top two corners. They play a somewhat similar brand of ball. So DeGene's an outside corner. A team should listen. He's my top corner on the draft. He will not be the first one off the board. The first one off the board is going to be Arnold. I I, could, I would bet on it. I got bet on him being the first off the board. If I could take money versus him or the field, I'd take him because I think he's going to be. And that's what we've heard, right? That's kind of what we heard. And I'll talk about him in a second. I'll talk about that in a second when we get to him. Um, but I mean, Cooper's—he's the—he's the higher—he's the, the highest floor guy in the class, I think. Put it that way. He could go play safety or corner. I moved around a lot last year, but I mean, he's—he's he's an outside corner through and through. I, hundred percent. I get—I get he could move inside because he's such a good run defender, but it was like a waste of a really good outside corner. So, um, stick him on the outside. Just because he's white doesn't mean you have to throw him on the insider at safety. This guy's a damn good corner. It's CB1, for me at least. I think he's CB1 for for a, a few other folks. Uh, I know Connor and Trevor will have him as CB1. Um, it's not just me. There's other people who think this way. And, um, again, I don't think he has the, the, the ceiling that Arnold has, but he's a really good player. And I and I think I don't think he gets enough credit, genuinely. He played at Iowa. Iowa, granted, they, like, they won, like, what, 10 games, but they had no offense. He was probably their leading point scorer this year, maybe other than the kicker. So, like, I don't think he gets enough credit, dude. Honestly, I really don't. He should be – by the way, he should be a rare guy who starts on every down on defense and returns kicks and punts. He has to return punts. You can't draft him and not – that's part of the thing with it. He's such an elite playmaker. You you have to let him return punts, in my opinion. Right, Injury risk be damned. You let him return punts. You 100% let him return punts. He almost walked off Minnesota. He should have walked them off this year and returned a punt for a touchdown on him for a second year in a row. Except the Big Ten officials screwed him because he pointed at the ball, straight like 90 degree angle, pointed at the ball, and they called it a fair a, a, a fair catch signal. Absolutely not. So, yeah, that's my rant about. I'm tired of people talking about Cooper DeGene as a safety. Absolutely not, dude. Like DJ. Said he was like Eric Weddle. And I get that's not the insult people think it is. Oh, he's a slot corner. He's a safety. But like, bro, come on. Let's not, let's not do – let's not say Cooper DeGene's no. – he's a really good player is my point. Yeah, no doubt. I I agree in that he should be an outside corner and returner also. Um, he's very versatile, very um, consistent in his craft, and I think – a team that drafts him needs to know how to utilize him. And I think the combine's really going to help a lot, especially with the interviews for him. I think uh, each team's going to have different ideas of what they want to do with him, obviously where they rank him. So I think more so him than some other guys, the combine will be really important. Uh, overall, really this whole corner class, the combine's going to be huge from height and weight since everyone's so close. You know, if a guy was mismeasured in college or inflated, as most guys are, then that could be telling also um, as sometimes, you know, this height or this weight with this technique that they play doesn't always work at the next level. Um, but yeah, I really, really like Cooper. These rankings could change, but for right now I just liked Nate and Terry on a little bit better, but similar to you, they're going to be really close. 
Terion might be the only guy that gets in my top 10, but probably the top three are going to be in my top 18 or so um, once I get my big board going. But um, it leads us to the one last guy and Terry and Arnold. I didn't really know about a whole lot about this guy a few months ago, um, probably like October. Um, really bought out this year in part to, due to Kool-Aid McKinstry's uh, success as a sophomore. And I think without Kool-Aid being on the other side, we're not talking about Terry on here as a top draft prospect. I think uh, they benefited from each other's success. Um garnering more targets, more so for Terry in this past year. But um, overall, a really solid player uh, from Tallahassee. I don't know what led to him going to Alabama. I think they were coming off a of natty when he enrolled. But Probably Florida State. Probably to play for Nick Saban, dude. Right. The, the, GOAT, the I, GOAT DB coach. <laughs> just wondering why he left and didn't go Florida. to Florida State. Um, right. Or any of those other schools. A lot of the times, you know, in the – southeast region there's so many good football schools it's interesting to see guys reasons for picking one over the other um but he's really really good he's not even 21 yet uh just three months older than nate wiggins which is huge for a team that for a guy that already has this much production in one season and really doesn't have a ton of room to grow now obviously all these guys have places they can be better and will improve on but um it seems like he has it all uh, six foot 196 played really just two seasons at Alabama 21 starts first team All-American and first team All-SEC in 2023 this past season 2023 stats were pretty crazy 63 tackles 12 passes defensed a sack a forced fumble and five picks he was just really smooth fluid hips um, explosive and twitchy while being able to sink his hips and I mean, at the end of the day, sinking hips is a really, really key component to a corner's success because whether you're like one of those downhill, more physical corners, or you're one of the skinnier, lankier, twitchier corners, sinking your hips will translate to either skill set. And I think when you have the diverse skill set that he already has and the ability to sink the hips like he does, it just makes you so that much more of a complete player. Um, in addition to what seemed like him having a pretty high football IQ, um, you know, play recognition, he was able to get off blocks pretty easily in the run game. Um, and he played downhill for the most part, inconsistent at times as a tackler, which most corners are, um, as he would stop his feet on contact sometimes. Really occasionally played high, but for the most part, he was good about, um, you know, playing low using good leverage, stuff like that. But he's a guy that I think another guy, I know I've said really these top three guys could go as high as eight, um, but he's probably, like you said, the most likely one to go at eight, if not probably 12, eight being the Falcons, 12 being the Broncos. Um, and another guy that probably doesn't slip out of the top 20, but really, really liked him. Um, I'll let you touch on him, but yeah, corner one for me. And I don't know if he's going to come off that spot. Yeah, he's he's a guy. And I got I didn't watch every single snap these guys played all year. Um, if there is going to be a change in this list, it'll be these two guys flop for me. Um, again, right now, I've got DeGene at 11 and Arnold at 12. Um, and that could change. I think there's a guy in my top 10 that will probably be sliding down the board a little bit. Um, especially depending on how the testing goes. But again... Some say he's not going to be a top 15 player for me, but um, yeah, these guys, uh, Arnold's got the high ceiling in the class. I don't really think it's close. Um, it's not even what he's what, not even 20 years, 21 years old. Yeah, he turns 21 in March. Um, he's super young. He's he does everything you want him to do. Um, my one complaint with with him. And it's honestly like what kept him from from being one spot ahead of Cooper at, at one is that I think he's going to get flagged a lot early on in his career because he's he can get really grabby at the catch point. Um, and that's kind of it. Like, that's kind of all I really the only that's the only real complaint I have. I, I think he's more fluid in coverage than Cooper DeGene is. I don't think he's good as 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 good of a run defender. I think he gets off blocks quite quite as well, but he's got better closing speed. I think he's got 
he's got really good ball productivity. They both do. They and they they remind me of each other a lot in, in certain aspects of their game. Um, I think he mirrors guys really well. He he picks up on really advanced route combinations and 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 he's got he's got really good eyes, really good eye discipline. Very clearly coached by Nick Saban. Um, widely regarded as the greatest defensive backs coach to ever touch a football field. Um, he's a stud, man. Honestly, he's again, if he wasn't as grabby at the catch point, he'd be, he'd be CB one for me and it would be pretty firm. Kind of like you are. I just, again, I, he's the NFL. So they they so love to throw that flag. It's like, I need him to just let go. Sometimes just let go and reach, reach around. But he gets a little grabby sometimes at the catch point when he and again a, a lot of college corners do this. But another thing is like when he feels like he's beat, he's immediately grabbing and pulling. Like immediately. We get you again. It's a lot of college corners. Cooper, everyone does it, right? I just he's got to be a little better at the catch point, not being as physical through the ball. Which again, I can I I have a lot I love. I he's he's got the best corner demeanor in the class. Like he's talking on every play, and I love it. I will say. And every, every, all these guys get beat, right? And and the and the easiest route to get beat on for a corner is off coverage slant, which neither Cooper or Arnold get beat on that often. They 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 are really good. They really close really well. They get the hand in and punch the ball out. They, they're really good at that. The other one is the curl route, like off coverage. You're kind of you're clearly in a zone. You're not getting beat. You're not helping over the top. You can't get beat deep. And they do like like a six yard core route, a six yard out route, a five yard out route, or you bail, like you bail, you bail to run deep with them, and the and the receiver does a great job selling the go ball, and they and they stop real hard, and hit that little comeback route, like that's something the that guys that that's the number one thing that corners get beat on, and I don't really think, I don't really fault a lot of corners for that. There's one route against Georgia where Lad McConkey, who's route running savant by the way, guy's awesome. He he sells this go ball really hard and he breaks it off. He, he snaps the route off really well, which you saw at the senior. But he snaps the route off, catches the ball, gets up, and he's talking that talk to Taron Arnold. And, 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 he, and Taron steps to him. He steps to him and starts talking right back to him, which I love. Man, he's he's got that CB that CB one demeanor. He loves to get into press coverage too. He loves to get into press coverage and, and and let guys know like I'm I'm in your face. I'm I'm coming to I, same with like Nate Wiggins. He loves to get in press coverage. He loves to just get up, get up on guys and just stick to them. Um, pause. But he, Arnold loves it. He, he's, he's a big fan of getting to press coverage. Um, he's a really solid run defender. He's a very willing tackler. Um, he's a couple missed tackles on tape. I'm not crying about it at all. Um, I want willingness to tackle. I want, I want physicality and willingness to come up and tackle people, uh, which he has absolutely. Um, and again, the guy, the, the, he's got he's got CB one like all pro potential. Now we'll say now that we've kind of wrapped it up, and, the, and these two, then and, and it's a it's a it's a for me it's I think it's a delineation between DeGene and Arnold at one and two, and then there's a little tiny gap, and then it's three and four. I will say like none of these guys are Christian Gonzalez level prospects to me. I had Christian as the fifth or sixth player on my big board, and I thought Christian was going to come into the NFL and be like an all pro win a couple of years. Um, and he, he was balling out as a rookie, right? Like he was, I don't think these guys are on that level of prospect. Um, I don't know why the NFL didn't drive probably because he wasn't like some sort of crazy elite run defender like Witherspoon was. Um, but yeah, I, I think these guys are close. They're real close. But when you have the blend of, I don't know. You've got you, there. There's little holes to poke in every one of these guys, where it's like if I, if you'd have done this in college, I could do. If you'd have done this in college, right? Like it's so. Um, these guys are all really really good players, though. Like I said, we're gonna have six guys taken in the tight end in the first round, I think. And honestly, of the group, of all these guys, I think they could flip that could slip to round two. It's cool in McKinstry, because he's like the yeah. least exciting athlete of the group. Um, I'm praying he falls to 37 because. Be jumping for joy if that was the if that was a selection. Um, I will say on turn on turn on all real quick. Um, kind of reading between the lines with some conversations I've had and some stuff I've heard. The Chargers are are, are kind of like as of right now, 
the the feeling is stick and pick and take Rome, or trade back to like eight nine and take Tyrion Arnold. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Neither of which I would have a problem with. Oh, dude, I'd be I'd be cool. I'd be cool. I would do yeah. I take Rome in the top five. A lot of people, a few not a lot, but a few people have talked about y'all taking corner. I wouldn't take him at five. No. I wouldn't take him at five. There's a right. clear delineation to me. You can get too much value from going back too. Right, and I'm not saying I listen. My preferred, my preferred, ask this for my my preferred method on this draft is because I because th- again I think Daniels is going at three, so I don't think there's gonna be a quarterback available for Atlanta to go up and get unless unless New or New England got Fields, but why why not just take a like why give up the capital and get a year of justification to pay like. I, they I could that theory, just I just it. in case if they wanted to more so build out their roster before they brought in the quarterback. So you're gonna make Justin Fields a scapegoat for two years? Possibly, yeah. I hate that. I hate I hate that. Yeah, because I hate it. Either he balls out for you and you sign him, or you move on with a a lot better roster that you built from the draft. Nah, I'm just taking the quarterback at three. I'm just taking the guy at three. Well, what if I'm it's already the guy there, you didn't like, want? What if it's the guy you didn't want, though? I guess, but, like, I don't know. You're rebuilding. Like, why delay the rebuild? I don't know. I I think they're taking a quarterback at three. I, if if anyone's if anyone's getting fields, I think it's going to be one of the teams that, that are outside the top ten. Right. Right now it seems like Pittsburgh, but obviously there's multiple teams that Pitts- – Pittsburgh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like I was saying like Minnesota would get Justin Fields. Right. Just cuz I think they're going to be the odd man out. And again regardless, like I think I think quarterbacks are going 1, 2 and 3. Put it that way. Cuz I think if, now, yeah. if if New England isn't taking a quarterback, then you could sit and take Marv, but like could you drop back to 6 and take Rome or neighbors or alt because the Giants may want to get up. I don't know. I, I think quarterbacks are going one, two, three. Yep. My favorite, my favorite thing to do is I just want to sit and take the take a pass catcher, sit and take one of the receivers or Brock Bowers. My preferred option is one of the receivers. It's a slight preference. It's not. It's not I'm not gonna be upset either way. But it like take one of the pass catchers because you're not getting another chance to make those kind of guys. Like, you can get like I don't know what if what if they're not that good next year and like they can just draft Will Johnson, who is probably a higher caliber of a prospect than that to be drafting the teens. But it's a long way to go, right? From projecting a lot. But I also mm-hmm. like Cam. Like I watched Cam Hart. I didn't talk about Cam Hart, but like, I watched Cam Hart. Cam Hart's great, dude. He's awesome. He's probably like CB eight or nine. Like he's really good. There's gonna be a guy at 37 you can take, who's gonna be better than the than whoever the receiver is you can get there. I think. Yeah. I don't know. And listen, I won't be ups- I won't be like super pissed if they trade back, but I'll be a little upset. But I don't hate it. Like getting Arnold, he's gonna be a really good player, I think someday. Um. So yeah, that's what kind of got on a tangent. But these guys, um. Arnold's Arnold's the NFL CB one. That's what, kind of what I think. Um, he's the NFL CB one, and it seems pretty firm that that's how it is. There's a lot of people that are putting him right around 10, 11. DJ's got him at six, which I think is a little rich for me. Right. But I, I get it. Listen, I, he's not a side of the tackles. I think DJ's got like if I look at the list right now because I've got it up where I had it up, I just closed it, but it's right here. Um, like I think DJ's got that he's he's got all the tackles behind. Like he's got Caleb, Marv, Rome, May, Daniels, Arnold, Neighbors. So like he's got him ahead of Neighbors. Daniels at five is a little a little rich for me. He's top 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 five player, but granted DJ is heavily putting in quarter or uh, position value, so I respect that. But yeah, I get it. The Terran's really good. Um, he's the NFL CB one. He's a stud. 
borderline my CB1, CB2. If I could, and I'm, I won't do this, I would like to have a 1A and 1B, but I won't. I'll, I'll be definitive today. But I'd like All to right. give it a 1A, a 1A, 1B if I could, but I won't. Just want to make that clear, like though. Oh, real quick, since we have a little bit of time. We're not too far over. We're right in an hour, real quick. Rod Moore went back to school. Like, the day that we recorded, he announced that he's going back to school. So we missed that. We haven't talked about it since, I don't think. Um, no, I don't think so. So we need to fill in our corner, our safety group. Well, did I have Rod Moore at four or five? Look, I had him at four. I believe you had him at four. Um, I'll say this right now. If Javon Bullard goes and tests well and Cam Kitchens doesn't, those two are flopping. No question. Um, my, new CB, my new corner or safety five. None other than Texas Tech's own. Adrian Taylor Demerson, number five. He had a listen. He I, so I liked him. I didn't have him in my top five, um, and I wouldn't have if Rod Moore would have gone back to school. But like he went to the seat, he went to the Shrine Bowl and was like one of the best players at the Shrine Bowl. He he balled out in practice and in the game. Like he he went crazy. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of things. I don't think Texas Tech let him do, and I think he he got I don't want to say exposed, but like he he got the short end of the stick. Because the tech corners aren't that good. Like, I'm being totally honest, they're not that good. Um, they got almost they, – they were bad at generating pressure this year. So, this, the, the back end got kind of hurt with that as well. Um, but he looked great at the at the Shrine Bowl. Um, so, yeah, safety safety five for me. Run it up. I like it, yeah. With Rod coming out of the rankings, I think he was at five for me. Um, so, I, got a, I just elevated Tyke Smith there, who's, you know, kind of a – Slot corner, safety-ish, um, kind of do both. Uh, probably be more slot corner at the next level, but I look at a, probably a safety or two more, um, probably before free agency. I got to look at um, a few other guys as well on the other positions that we already covered to kind of um, fortify my rankings and kind of leave it at that for the most part until – Later on down the road, but Jaden Hicks is a guy we both need to get to. He's very well liked across the the scouting industry, so we gotta get to him for sure. Right, yeah, I got a probably like five, six guys that I gotta get to. Um, yeah, once we're done with these position rankings, because right now we got four positions left. Getting eight guys, nine guys a week is tough enough. Oh, um, dude, you know, dude, it's gonna be like we're gonna. I'm gonna have to do like twelve receivers, dude. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be like twelve receivers. Yeah, I'll I mean, tell you right now, it'll be it'll be six quarterbacks, probably be like ten to twelve receivers, and edge guys. I don't really know. Tackles will probably be like nine, eight or nine, maybe even more, like ten or twelve. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of tackles, a lot of corners, not a lot of quarterbacks. You gotta watch more of the quarterbacks though. So, gotta watch more of those. Right. So you know. But uh, next week. Don't know our schedule for sure yet, as we are headed out of town this weekend. Uh, we'll touch on the actual episode. Um, but next week, we'll be edge defenders. We're going to get the edge rushers in. Our last defensive positional rankings that we'll have for y'all, and then we will have three straight offensive rankings to close it out. Um, edge guys should be interesting. There is um, seemingly more of a consensus as of late, uh, but obviously – Checking guys it's out a, can change that. It's a very clear top two, I think, right now. Yeah. It seems I'm, like it's a pretty clear top two. It feels like there's a pretty consensus top guy, I think. Probably. By the way, I'm shocked Jared Verson go to the senior bowl. That's just me. Uh, I'm shocked. Because Leotti Lofty went. Yeah, I mean, he declared last year, and he's probably like a top 15 pick. Now, granted, he, uh, he probably will be this year, but at the end of the I, day, it's like, he should have gone last year. His stock would have been higher. He'd have been a Raider, it sounds like. Yeah. Sounds like I mean, he got ahead of Tyree. Which he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been ahead of Tyree for me. But Yeah, he's he's great though. We'll we'll touch on him more next week. Yeah. But him, Dallas Turner, Layatu Latu, just a few of the guys that we're gonna touch on next week. Um I will, really I will excited say real, overall. Real quick as like a reflection of the class that I think is a, is kinda cool. Uh Verse would have been a top ten player for me last year. He won't be a top 12 player for me this year. Won't, he will 
be a, a borderline top 15 guy for me this year. Like Verse would have been firmly a top a top 10 player last year. Probably won't be this year. I can already tell you that from what I already know of Jared Verse and know of the rest of the class. Uh, uh-uh, not happening. Not happening. Right. But yeah, I still got that just speaks how good the class more. is. How good that's how good. You don't right. get three rare receivers, uh, two really good quarterbacks. It, it's it's different, right? It's different than last year's. We had no receivers in the top top five last year. We might have three, so. Right. Yep. No, I mean, really good class across the board, no matter what position for the most part. So really looking forward to getting you all that edge defender positional rankings episode next week. Um, episode 70 of the Cold Seat Podcast, where we cover a number of different sports, the latest in all of them. Uh, we'll be coming out probably Thursday, Friday uh, this week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. I know um, I know corner is kind of tough because tons of people have different rankings. I don't think a single person out there has the same top four than another person. Um, so really appreciate you all tuning in. Hopefully gave you all some insight on what to look for in this year's corner class. Um, probably a good chance your team needs one, if not two. Um, So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all in a few days for Episode 70. See you guys then.